0: All right, well, hey, this morning, uh, I want to bring everyone up to speed on the transition process between Pastor Steve and Pastor James. Uh, As you know, Steve is going to be retiring from the senior pastor position in January, uh, and James will be taking over as senior pastor. So we've begun the transition with the intention uh, of making it a gradual shift during 2022, uh, and so here are the significant highlights of the transition points. So Northview is structured that the senior pastor is ultimately in charge of all the key areas. Um, And for many of these areas, however, staff members have been placed in roles to administrate and direct the individual ministry. When James came on as associate pastor in 2020, he was given ministry areas to uh, administrate. However, per our structure, the ultimate authority still resides with the senior pastor. So between now and September, James will move from administrator to full oversight and authority with the following areas. In March, community groups. Uh, In May, mission team. In June, the assimilation team. And in July, evangelism and outreach. Now again, these are areas that James are currently directing, and it is simply moving these areas under his direct authority as part of the senior pastor role that he's going to be assuming. Other ongoing roles for James in 2022 will include being part of the speaking and preaching team on Sundays, being part of counseling team, and being part of funerals and weddings um, as needed. Now, in September, the biggest change happens at the operational level. Effective December, or, uh, I'm sorry, effective September fourth, James will assume the role of senior pastor, and Steve will become senior pastor emeritus. Now, we're using the analogy of training ferry boat captains. The captain is responsible for all positions on the boat, even though there may be directors for each of the specific areas, such as deckhands, bridge staff, engine room, concession workers, etc. So right now, Steve is steering the boat and overseeing all the areas while James watches and learns. On September 4th, James is going to begin steering while Steve remains on bridge to offer guidance. Both are captains but James will have his hands on the wheel and provide oversight to the specific areas. Now, with James taking the role of senior pastor in September, it allows for him and the staff to adequately plan and shape ministries for 2023. Steve will remain senior pastor emeritus and mentor for James until January 29th, 2023. On that date, we are planning a big celebration for Pastor Steve and his retirement from the senior pastor role. Now, please hear this. Steve is not leaving in 2023. Between September and January this year, James will continue to develop as the senior pastor under Steve's mentorship, while Steve begins to transition into an associate role with the church. Although we don't have all the specifics of that new role, we do know it will be significantly less time commitment and responsibilities while Steve, uh, while, while still serving in areas of the ministry that he loves and is good at. Steve is retiring from the senior pastor role, not from Northview as his home church and ministry. So let's go back to our ferry boat example. Imagine the retiring captain has full confidence in the new captain and doesn't need to stay on the bridge watching and mentoring. Now the retiring captain sees a need to help out in the concession area of the boat making coffee and tater tots. Now, have you ever wondered why they serve tater tots on the Washington State ferries? But they do. The retired captain can enjoy a slower pace and less responsibilities, but still contributing significantly to the overall experience of people riding the ferry and getting their coffee and tater tots, which makes everyone happy. Now, I'm not saying that Steve is going to be making coffee or tater tots in the lobby. Uh, But you get the idea that Steve is going to continue in a role that utilizes his gifts, his wisdom, his background, and thus increasing the overall experience of people attending Northview. Now this entire process is being overseen by the transition team, which is comprised of Steve, James, Shannon, and myself. Uh, The transition team was appointed by the elder board and as such reports to the elders. We recognize this is a very important chapter in Northview's history, and we are doing everything we can to do it in an honoring way to Steve and James, but most importantly, honoring for the Lord. Now, if you have any questions, please reach out to myself or Shannon on this process. Now, with that, I get the pre- pleasure of introducing Rob, which loves to give me great introductions that make me really, really nervous and scared. So right now, he's really nervous and scared. So here's Rob. <laughs> David, every
1: introduction I've ever done for you is rooted in truth (laughs) and respect and friendship, so I appreciate your heartfelt introduction. (laughs) Well, hey, good morning, Northie. That's that's a lot this morning, but like Bob said, I do want to echo that. There are things happening. There are good things happening. The Lord's hand uh, is at work. Uh, Cooks, we love you guys. Um, Don't be offended if I don't look too much at you this morning, because I'm going to miss you guys. (laughs) Well, in case you're new or visiting, and have had all these people come up here, uh, my name is Rob, and I'm the student ministry director here uh, at Northview. And I've been asked to speak for a three-week series. We started last week. We have today and next Sunday. uh, On a series that I'm calling Transformed. We're looking at the book of Romans, the writings of Paul in Romans, specifically Romans chapter 12. Now, as a little bit of background, this chapter was influential and really foundational last year as I led a high school mission trip team to Mexico. This is the chapter that we focused on, we studied on, and we used as our motivation and preparation. I think it's still very applicable to us today. Last week in week one, which I do want to note whether you're here in person or online, if you ever miss a week and you want to get caught up uh, on Northview's Facebook and YouTube channels, you can go back and watch Uh, past messages. There's also information on that uh, on the main website at nview.org. I want to encourage you, uh, get caught up if you ever come partway through a series so you kind of know where we're going and what we've covered. Uh, But last week, week one, we talked about transformation of the mind and how that is core to a life change in Jesus. When we enter into a personal relationship, when when we allow the Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us, starting with our mind and working outward. We allow the Spirit of God to change our way of thinking, change our way of speaking, even our way of processing as we're remade and renewed in the image of God. And as Paul emphasized in the first two verses of Romans 12, this is all centered in offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to Jesus and living a life centered in spiritual worship of our Creator. This week and next week, we're going to look at how life with Jesus transforms other areas of our life, starting with this morning as we look into this idea of, of giftings, of spiritual gifts, and the transformation of our very own giftings and actions, and really a look at transformation of self through everything. We're going to be focusing on Romans twelve three through 8. And last week, I brought up a couple members of our student ministry team, and we're going to continue that this morning as they read the passage for us. Uh, I'd like to ask Tony Morgan, one of our leaders, to come up uh, and join me on stage to read for us this morning. Uh, Tony currently serves our senior guys as one of their leaders alongside Andy Bontrager, Uh, and Tony and I have been serving together for nine years here at Northview.
2: Yeah, you don't need to adjust your picture. I actually am this old. <laughs> I know next to him I look young, right? Youthful. Youthful? Okay. All righty. 3, 3. I had to borrow my daughter's Bible because mine's a different version, so it's got smaller print. So if I squint, I'm sorry. Do you want me to hold it up for you? Really close? <laughs> yeah. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness.
1: Thank you, sir. Let's pray and dive in this morning. Uh, Lord, we pray for the next little bit as we dive through your word together. May new things stand out to us. May we learn more. May we draw closer to you, and may we be encouraged to action. And through everything, Lord, I pray that uh, what is heard is of you, And if you need to set me aside to do that, I pray that you do so. Be with us this morning, Lord, in in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're going to look at three aspects of this idea of transformation of self as related to the way God has given gifts as God has equipped those who follow him. First, we're going to look at what the Bible says about gifts, including walking through the gifts that Paul outlines in Romans 12. Second, we're going to talk about how do we discern our gifts? How do I figure out what God has called me to do? And last, we're going to talk about how to use our gifts in the biblical mandate to love God and love others, including examples of teams embracing their gifts for the ministry of Jesus. So when we use the phrase spiritual gifts, or maybe we call them divine gifts or divine equippings or gifts in general, whatever we want to call it, what are we talking about? To help lay a foundation as we work towards a definition let us look at a couple of verses that complement what Paul has written in Romans 12. First up, not written by Paul but actually written by Peter, we have from 1 Peter 4, he writes this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And to look at another writing of Paul to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes, So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the full fulfillment of Christ. And the third verse for this morning from 1 Corinthians 12, also by Paul. Now there are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities. But Paul says that it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, is every, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So as we read and think on the idea of, of gifts in these passages, we can pull together several pieces of information to form our definition, our viewpoint of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are various measures of divine grace or divine power, if you want to use that, by which Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, enables his people to perform special ministries in his work of building the church and building his kingdom here on earth. These various gifts are an expression of the Holy Spirit in the life of believers that empowers them to serve the body of Christ, that is, to serve the church. And if we were to narrow it down to something even more simple, it would be that spiritual gifts are unique equippings given by God to his people for the purpose of his ministry. Every Christ follower has been instilled with gifts from God that enable him or her to serve the Lord in his ministry, to be his partner. God has commanded his people, he's commanded us, the body, the church, to live different, to act different, to be different than the world around them. That is, God has called his people to be different than the culture in which they're living. And this has been true from the very beginning and is pronounced with stories such as the calling of Abraham and Moses as recorded in the Old Testament and the establishment of the early church in the New Testament book of Acts. Even Jesus in the Great Commission tasks his followers with teaching, baptizing, and discipling others in his way, not in the way of the world. See, the Christian has been called to a different way of life by God the Creator. He does not simply call us to live different, but he brings us into his kingdom And he transforms us with unique sets of skills, abilities, interests, and more designed to aid the ministry of Jesus and his church. That's where these spiritual gifts come in. God has called, transformed, and now equips his people for ministry, mission, and service. And I believe that everyone has been given something to aid in the mission of the king, his kingdom, and the church. And we can be honest. We don't always feel like that. Sometimes we wonder what God has instilled in us, but I do believe that since we are part of the body of Christ, we are all equipped for his ministry in different areas. And when we enter into a personal relationship with Jesus, his spirit dwells within us and begins equipping us for his work on earth. We're all equipped in some manner to represent Jesus, to be more like him as we strive to love God, and love others i do want to look at the gifts that paul highlights in romans 12. now there are more examples presented in other parts of the bible but i think that the seven listed here by paul are a great core group or even a sampling of all the different types of gifts and divine equippings presented in scripture we're going to talk on these seven some commentators will say there's seven eleven nineteen twenty one or more And so we're going to focus on these seven that I do think are the core groups of how God equips us. What Paul is encouraging is that Christians should concentrate and give their energy to the gifts that God has given them, to the unique ways that God has equipped each of us, whatever that looks like. It is about doing something impactful for the kingdom of God, and it's about doing something loving for others. I tell students this with the Christian life, the Christian faith, this way of engaging is so about so much more than idly sitting by and watching others get involved. Those who follow Jesus are called to action in his name. And remember that Paul is encouraging us to use the ways God created us and the gifts he instilled within us. And yet all of these gifts, as, as wonderful as they may seem, as good as they maybe make us feel when we engage them, they're rooted in the grace of God and not in human accomplishment. And that each needs to be embraced with humility. So let's walk through Paul's list. So we have prophecy. This can be defined as proclaiming the word of God boldly. Not just how we tend to think of it as predicting future events or or some other mystic element. The use of this gift leads to the building up of a body of believers and often leads to the conviction of sin within the body paul instructs prophets to only speak when they have the confidence that the holy spirit is revealing something to them in truth and that those with the gift of prophecy are not to exceed the faith that god has given them or tried to overuse or or overstep beyond the gift in a desire to impress others next we have service sometimes referred to as the gift of helping and it's centered in recognizing the practical needs of the body and then joyfully giving assistance in meeting those needs. This gift is really all about actions that are other-focused and often includes work behind the scenes. Service can be seen as a combination of meeting the needs of others as well as assisting them in their own growth. And this is a broad term that Paul is using, and it really is encompassing every kind of practical help. Teaching, in the spiritual sense, is instructing members of the body in the truth of God's word, including teaching Christian doctrine for the purpose of building up, unifying, and maturing the body. Teachers are called to equip God's people and promote spiritual growth because teaching allows the Holy Spirit to give people a deepened understanding of spiritual truth. Exhortation, all about encouraging members of the body to be involved in the work of the Lord, but it goes one step further. People with this gift don't just encourage others to be involved in the work of the Lord, they encourage others to be enthusiastic about the work of the Lord. This gift can be seen as admonishing, encouraging, comforting, and often includes elements of counseling counseling and motivating members of the body. Contributing, also known as giving, giving, is a gift that enables one to give in an extraordinary way to the work of the Lord and the needs of others. Now, this gift is often in relation to giving financially, but also includes the giving of goods or time. And it's not a gift just reserved for those who are the highest financial earners in a body, although they have been blessed and equipped. Because really, all of us, all the followers of Jesus, have opportunities to live out the gift of contributing through living generously. Leadership and the various traits connected to it is a gift that aids the body by directing members to accomplish goals and purposes of the church. We can often think about this one who is driving mission and vision while encouraging others to come alongside and chase down similar results and outcomes. Key traits are motivation, communication, and clarity as a leader moves others towards a common goal. A wise man once said, you might even think of a ferryboat captain. <laughs> and last, we have mercy. Gifts that are connected to the idea of empathy and coming alongside members with acts of compassion. Those gifted in mercy often have a desire to keep the body healthy and unified by knowing the needs of others often a gift utilized in times of crisis and linked to intensive and focused prayer. Now, I do think we could categorize other gifts that may be going through our heads uh, into the categories that Paul has provided in Romans 12. For example, the gifts of shepherding and administration could be placed in relationship with leadership. The gift of evangelism with teaching or prophecy. The gift of hospitality, making people feel welcome and at ease, part of service. And even the gift of faith, the trust in God to work beyond human capabilities and encourage others to trust God in all situations, can be partnered with exhortation and mercy. There are many different spiritual gifts and gifts that God has provided to his people, and they're all connected together. And they're all linked together because they're all an outpouring and reflection of Jesus himself. When studying about or using gifts, there's some key, what I like to call, attitudes. To maintain and remember now, and for some of this i actually took ideas from two I, I went to grand canyon university for my master's degree a couple years ago uh, and i cracked open the textbooks and i pulled from uh, one book on practical christian theology and another on the christian faith to, to help compile some of these ideas and so i have eight attitudes eight mindsets to maintain when engaging in spiritual gifts the first is ministry is the building of the church and it involves The activity of the divine trinity our work as the body of christ is the work of the trinity as the father son and holy spirit and should be treated and viewed as such the trinity is connected to the things we're doing here at northview at least i sure hope so and we should be desiring to involve the trinity in our ministry and the use of our gifts second gifts are rooted in the grace of god and allocated by him Gifts are not a human construct or given out because of how great we are. They're from God and given out because of how great he is. We do well to remember that our gifts are connected to the grace and wisdom of God. Third, gifts are are, are, are only fully utilized and fully realized when we live and act in a divine partnership. We need the Holy Spirit to come alongside us as we seek to live how God has put us together. We need to lean into this divine partnership with the Spirit of God, to understand and use the gifts He has given us, and to fortify ourselves against the temptation of pride. Number four, living out gifts should always be done generously, not with a heart of drudgery. We are ambassadors of God, and if our gifts are indeed connected to the outpouring of His grace, we should be living them out incredibly graciously, not holding on because anything less is to be selfish. I will admit, I'm going to say something we should not do while being guilty of doing this myself. We should not approach situations dragging our feet. I think this idea of generosity is especially true for giving and for service, but also when we see others hurting, we're called to respond in obedience to the Holy Spirit and be generous in all acts on his behalf. Number five, ministry to others needs to have gladness, humility, and sober judgment. These ideas are interconnected and presented alongside gifts of teaching throughout the New Testament and are incredibly important. I think humility is at the the heart of what Paul is instructing, and we would all be better off embracing an extra dose of humility in our own lives. Number six, acting on gifts and utilizing them should be others-focused, and God-honoring, with the goal of building up others and welcoming other people in. We were not given gifts for ourselves. We've been given them for the sake of others and ultimately for the glory of God. Gifts need to be rooted in true Christian love. We can look at passages like 1 Corinthians 13 for ideas on what Christian love looks like. And just to give a little preview, that's what we're going to be diving into more next week. It's important to maintain an attitude of love when we love when we embrace our gifts, when we utilize how God has equipped us. And the best example we have of this is Jesus himself. We can study his ministry in the gospels and see what Christ-like love looks like and how to draw on it from the author of love and the giver of gifts himself. And last, all Christians are called and equipped, but not all are equipped or gifted the same way. I do think we're all equipped when we enter into a relationship with Jesus. When we allow him to transform us, we begin a process of realizing how we are wired and how to use the gifts for the kingdom of God. And we're different, and that's okay. No matter how one is gifted, we have to remember that it's not about our own glory or our own edification, but it's about Jesus. We need to keep the main thing the main thing, the Christian life, is more about Jesus than it is about me. As we look to our gifts, as we seek to serve others, we remember we're really serving Jesus. We're really representing him. And that should change our heart. That should change our motivation and should compel us to live differently. So how do we discern this? It's a lot of academic, I realize that. How do we discern the way that God has equipped us? To those of us that have maybe no idea what God is calling us to do, or maybe I have been guilty of this. Maybe we think when God was handing out gifts that I got skipped over. I have some steps to just help encourage you to walk through this discernment process with the Holy Spirit and trying to understand how he has equipped you and what he has called you to do. The first is to give yourself completely to God. And that comes with a willingness to do the scary word of whatever ministry he has for you. And I do want to say I'm not talking about ministry just in a church context. Ministry of representing Jesus in all areas of life. Discovering how God has equipped you and wants to use you begins with being fully in him. This means being willing to do what he has called you to do and allowing him to change you and grow you as needed. The second is to evaluate your natural skills, your abilities, your interests, your hobbies. Check out what you enjoy, what you're drawn to, what you're interested in, and even what you may be good at. Because those are things that God can use for his purpose in your life. Understand spiritual gifts or this idea of mission and ministry presented in scripture and what the ministry of the church is supposed to look like. It's hard to know what the Bible teaches or discern God's teachings if you're not engaging with the scriptures for yourself. If you're not exploring it and studying it and seeking to apply it. Ask. Ask. You don't know how God has equipped you. Ask the Lord to show you. Ask Him to desire, to to reveal in you a desire for the work that He has called you to do. It's good it's encouraged to go to the Lord and ask Him to reveal His desires for you. We serve a God who is personal and desires a personal relationship with you. And part of this is to ask Him what He is transforming in you and how He is desiring to use you for His kingdom. Number five is pretty practical. Try things out. Get involved. I've developed this new phrase lately of stretch your spiritual gift muscles. This means being part of things, checking things out, exploring what different areas look like. You can't know if you don't do. And with that is seeking evaluation, refinement, understanding the needs of those around you, being vulnerable and and humble, but allowing people to help grow you and allowing God himself to speak to you. When it comes to, or even using spiritual gifts at the center of it, is a transformed heart and mind. Someone who has been transformed by the grace of Jesus. In this life change from Christ, we develop a desire to live obedient lives to whatever and wherever God has called us and a willingness to be used by him for his kingdom here on earth. This is so different than the way of the world. The world says, use you, for you and jesus says use you for him and for others this is the transformation of self we must allow the holy spirit to change us to shift our mindset to adjust our giftings and every part of us to be god honoring and others focused setting aside ourselves in the process The Christian life is all about serving God and others, using spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God and to represent Jesus to others, not for building up ourselves in boastful and prideful ways. This means constantly asking the Holy Spirit to highlight the areas of our life that need to be transformed by a power greater than us and seeking hearts that are after God and are focused on Him and on others. This also means adjusting how we live or act on our gifts in a way that brings glory to God. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he starts by saying, whatever you eat or drink, and then he throws in a nifty little phrase, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Or the words of Jesus himself is recorded in Matthew, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. Jesus is saying there's nothing wrong with people seeing the things that you're doing it's the second half of the sentence that's more important, and they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. whatever your gifts, however God has equipped you, remember it's not about you. to follow Jesus is to follow his commands, including seeking after God with everything and loving others. I want to include a little note too that just because For some of us, some sort of gifting or call to action may not be in our default three or our default one. Doesn't mean we get to just skirt around and not engage with it. God seeks obedience from his people. And sometimes that means being used in areas that don't come naturally to us. God desires to see you grow and he desires to see you obey, to be ready to be called into areas that may not be comfortable, but in which we trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us through. You may not think you are a gifted teacher but part of the great commission is teaching and you may be called to tell someone about the grace of jesus you may not have the the gift of mercy as your default but all of us should be looking out for the needs of others and maintaining a special eye for the least who are hurting the most and you may not feel you have an abundance of financial wealth but we're all called to be generous with what we have because ultimately it belongs to god I don't know about you but one of the ways that i learn is through example and so i think it's helpful let's look at two examples of groups that understand these things and put them into practice the first is the early church and i want to encourage you when we're done this morning go back and read acts 6 as we begin to see what the structure of the early church is like it's the story of a team maybe the team being built in this passage we, we see the disciples are who are leading the start of the early church, the Christian church commissioned by Jesus. Now, 11 of these disciples were actually part of the ministry of Jesus himself. And now they are in leadership over his flock. The disciples were a diverse group. However, through Jesus, they were transformed into the leaders of the church, representatives of Jesus and tasked with the development, with leadership, with the growth and the impact of the church throughout the world. They were gifted with the abilities of preaching and ministering the word. They recognized the ways that God had equipped them and brought in others into leadership to help fill the voids of their own giftings. When the team was realized, what we see in Acts, when the team was realized, when the team comes together, when giftings were understood, and when others were different, with different gifts were brought in to complement The word of God increased and could not be stopped. The disciples also recognized tasks that took their attention away from their top calling, from their top gifting. It's not that they didn't care about these other areas of ministry, but they built a team. They brought in others with gifts that they did not have. They understood the diversity of the body of Christ and the different roles and members needed to carry out the body to fulfill its functions, abilities, and callings. Let's bring it home a little bit closer. Let's talk about the staff here at Northview. Now, we're all indeed united. There we are, good-looking good crew, I suppose. Uh, not too shabby, get the job done. Uh, now, we're all uni- united on our team in love for Jesus and love for others. And we all share a common heart for ministry and impacting our community and our world for the kingdom of God. We're also a pretty diverse group that make up this little body that we have here on the staff. And if you, know, if you know us, you know that to be true. Not only do we have different roles to fill within our own body and different gifts according to those roles and even vice versa, we also have different spiritual gifts that are in line with even the seven that Paul has brought forward. Now, I don't want to walk through each person's own giftings this morning, uh, but I do want to tell you I'm very thankful that we have diversity of giftings. Because it's through the diversity of our team, yet remaining united in Jesus, that we can move forward encouraging one another in life and in ministry, while also having eyes for different aspects of the overall ministry, and hopefully moving things forward in a manner that demonstrates the love of Jesus to everybody. I said I wasn't going to go through one by one, but I think one example is helpful. Let's take Pastor Steve. (laughs) Now, Pastor Steve has incredible gifts and we're going to be able to spend the next year really celebrating that. These gifts that allowed him to to minister on a very personal, relational level. Gifts that have aided him in, in pastoring and shepherding this congregation over the years. Service that I would say we are all extremely blessed by and thankful for. However, sorry, however, as great as pastor Steve may be, as much as he has embraced how God put him together, can you imagine just for a moment, if his giftings, if his top one, two, or three giftings were the staff's only giftings? It might be a little scary. (laughs) Yeah. We would just be a group of, a group of clones, right? And if we're honest, that's a, that's kind of a scary thought uh both visually but also in the name of team and ministry together margaret thank you for for making that happen oh man yeah it's a good thing it's a god-designed thing that our team is diverse it's a good thing that the early church was diverse and it's a good thing that the body of christ as a whole is gifted in a diverse manner We should be embracing those different gifts. We should be utilizing gifts and giving God the glory as we minister together. So what do we do with all this? How can you live out the way God has gifted you? First, I want you to know you don't have to work at a church to be used by God. In fact, the kingdom of God on earth needs more people not working in a church than working within it. Because as the followers of Jesus, we will have a greater impact on the culture and greater opportunities to witness the gospel to others and be lights to the world if we're actually in the world. Yes, some of us have been called here to lead the church family, to lead the body at Northview. But that's not the call for everyone. It's about loving God and loving people in whatever area of life God has placed you and in whatever vocation you have chosen to pursue. It's about leaning into the Holy Spirit to equip you, no matter where you may be. So the first way to carry your gifts is to use them wherever God has led you. And the second area, which I realize should actually be the first area to utilize gifts, is at home with your family. Your primary ministry opportunity is your family. Whatever your role, even if you're single, use the gifts God has in your life to lead a family, to have a home, a life that honors God and loves others in a manner full of humility and grace. I found stuff like that easier to say and harder to do now that I have a son, but it's incredibly wonderful. Third, I want to encourage you to get involved. Get involved here at Northview. Get plugged in, find somewhere to be. However God has equipped you, Let's look for ways to get you involved in a community, not for our own edification, but for the sake of building up and strengthening one another and welcoming others in. Do you have the gift of, of service? Do you have a gift of, of hospitality, making people feel welcome and at ease and at home? Maybe you joined the fine-looking group of people that welcomed you as you came in this morning on the fit team, or finding other areas behind the scenes to serve here at Northview. Maybe it's even serving kids' meals in partnership with Youth for Christ that we do every month is a way that you can give back and serve. Has Jesus instilled with you an an ability, a desire, a skill to teach? Maybe serving in youth ministry as a small group leader could be a place for you to get involved and help disciple the next generation of Christ followers. Or maybe leading a community group in your home would be a great way for you to impact others in the body, in your neighborhood, and in your community. Are you able, as the Bible calls mercy and and faith, to trust in God no matter what is happening? Maybe serving on a prayer team or being available in a time of crisis or for counseling uses the gifts that God has placed within you. Do you have the gift of giving because God has placed you in a position of of influence and high income it's not wrong that god has put you in a place to make money it's how you choose to respond and give with cheerfulness generosity and joy to the work of the body that's a wonderful thing really there are so many ways that your gifts can be utilized and we we've just touched on a couple spiritual gifts there's there's profound practical gifts that the Lord has instilled in us that allows us to engage in ministry. I want to give one simple shout out. Has God given you the ability of music? Talk to Esther for help leading others in worship of our creator. But utilize your gifts with your family. Utilize them in in your workplace, in your neighborhood, your community, and, and here at Northview. It starts with entering into a personal relationship with Jesus and allowing the Spirit of God to transform you and lead you. The church needs the people of God to be at work. To be seeking out ways to love and serve one another and welcome others into his family. And what's more, Northview itself needs a solid group of volunteers serving the body and welcoming others in. If you feel prompted to be part of something bigger than yourselves, I encourage you, lean in and respond with obedience to the call that Jesus is placing on your life. You can talk to someone on the team here, and we can help you get plugged in, whether it be at Northview or just having conversations about how to use your gifts and discern your gifts for the good of your family and your neighbors. I encourage you, be engaged and be, find ways to be part of the ministry that's bigger than any of us. And I do want to say to those of you that serve, to those of you that give, to those of you that pray, thank you. You're demonstrating loving God by serving others. And we couldn't do this ministry without your partnership, without your generosity, and your care for others. In Romans 12, that Tony read for us, Paul writes this For just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. The body of Christ consists of many members with different functions, yet we are united in Jesus. It's up to us to embrace how God has equipped us, to remain rooted in Jesus with humility as we seek to love God and serve others. We're called and encouraged to be part of something bigger than ourselves, and through that, we need to know how the Lord has equipped us and what he has called us to do. The diversity of our body is a gift, if we use it correctly. Let us be a church community that seeks out how God has equipped us, and then let's live it out in service to others and for the glory of God, knowing that we are equipped from an outpouring of his grace and wisdom. I encourage us to be a church, a group of Christ followers who are serving and who are involved, who are not just consumers, but who give back to this community, who partner in the ministry that Jesus has called his followers to. And I want to invite you to be part of that with us so together we can impact the lives of others, so that together we can impact the lives of each other, and together we can bring others in and tell them about the goodness of Jesus. I'd like to ask the worship team to come forward as we wind down. Let's look again at Paul's writings in the second section of of Romans 12, focusing on the first verse that should be our motivation as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform our very way of living as we seek to use ourselves for the kingdom of God. And Paul writes this, For by the grace given to me I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we come before you and we acknowledge that it's all from you. And we have a desire to use it all for you as well. Lord, I thank you for people who give of their time, their energy, their resources to love other people. Lord, may we be a body united in you. May we be rooted in you in everything that we do. And I thank you for the ways that you have uniquely equipped this body. Be with us, Lord, as we continue to seek out your way. May you speak and may we respond in obedience. In your son's name, amen.